Okay, this is the very first episode of the Wait What podcast. Yay! <laughs> I'm Claire. I'm Julixa. And uh, basically this podcast is us talking about all of the crazy shit that makes us go, wait, what? <laughs> when we hear about it. And we are easily impressed, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course we are going to be drinking a lot. Obviously. As we record, because could you do it any other way? <laughs> and my drink uh, is mixed with coffee right now, so it's mm. going to be a while. <laughs> coffee and rum. I heard that caffeine and alcohol go very well together. As I was making the drink, I was like, for some reason I'm thinking this is like a really bad idea. Like, beyond just regular bad. And then I was thinking about it, and it's because they both make you dehydrated. I thought it was, like, caffeine, like, keeps you up, but alcohol is supposed to, like, put you down, and so, like, when you mesh them together, it's, like, worse because you don't know how much, like, you're drinking, and so... I don't think that's the thing. Like, the, um, that energy drink that killed a bunch of kids? Well, that's because they had so many. Four Locos. <laughs> but that was because, like, you they had to... You used to love those. I didn't love them. I okay. would just drink them okay. on occasion. <laughs> But they changed the recipe. We never got the OG Four Loco because a bunch of kids died. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't just quit after killing kids. But Why would that surprise you? <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're trying to make money. I don't know. Okay. So for our first episode, we are doing um, crimes. Um, and I think we both have probably a murder. I don't actually yeah. know what you have. Yeah, well, mine's, like, kind of an unsolved mystery, but it's murder, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we, uh, are true crime lovers at heart, so for our first episode, we wanted to focus on what will probably be what we'll feature the most heavily, just because true, we true, true. love some murder <laughs> in our <laughs> daily lives. Because we are gruesome. <laughs> Okay, so do okay. you, you want to so start? So I'm going to kick us off first, and I'm going to take us to Germany <laughs> with the murder of Gunther Stahl, a.k.a. the Y-O-G-T-Z-E case. Oh, Yahtzee. <laughs> I was like, you go T-Z. Yahtzee. But it's not a word. It's not a word. They're just letters together. Is it an acronym? Can you wait for my story? Okay, I'm waiting. <laughs> okay, so this takes place in... And Sahazen, Germany, which I know I'm staying wrong. So, um, the October 26, 1984, around 3 a.m., two lorry drivers, which are just truck drivers, I didn't know, spotted... Fancy. <laughs> German. <laughs> spotted a crashed car in a ditch, so they call police, but they head kind of down there to see, and they see an injured naked man in the passenger seat. Oh, no. Yeah. That always freaks me out. Like, what would you do? He was naked also, so I would have been like, gross. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, depending on how badly he's injured, maybe the naked was not the first thing on okay. their mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, the ambulance get there, gets there, and, like, as he's being taken, he says that there was, like, four other guys in the car, but there was no one there, and then he, they asked if he were his friends, and he said, no, they beat him loose. Because his body was badly beaten. Beat so, him loose? <laughs> those were his last words, Claire. His last words were beat him loose. He's clearly a little bit loopy. That doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
So he dies en route to the hospital. Okay, so he said that there were four other guys in the car who he didn't know who beat him up? Yeah. Okay. So he was like, there's four other men, and they were like, are they, like, your friends or whatever? And they were like, no, like, they beat me. And so he dies on the way to the hospital. So we later find out that this guy is Gunther Stahl, a 34-year-old married man who was a food engineer, but he was unemployed currently, so he was... Food engineer? Food engineer, Claire. What does that mean? (laughs) You know, a lot of people on the, like, Reddit sites that I went to made fun of food engineering. But it, like, deals, it can mean a bunch of things. Like, I don't, I couldn't find exactly what he did, but it can, like, with food modification or just, like, planning things out. Like, GMOs? Yeah, I mean, it could be that, but there's all, like, a wide range of like things. Like, like designing be. bridges out of mashed potatoes. <laughs> food engineer. German name I've ever heard Gunther. of. Gunther. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you died, Gunther. <laughs> R.I.P. my dude. So... The night before, he was chilling at home with his wife, and, like, he shoots up, like, at 11 p.m., and he's like, I got it! And then he writes down, um, the Y-O-G-T-Z-E, and then, imme- <laughs> and then he immediately, like, crosses it out and, like, heads out the door for, like, a drink at a bar. So he goes to this bar. Okay, this drives me nuts. He didn't tell his wife what he got? No. Oh, my God. Okay, if you're, like... On the fringe of anything, even if it's super mundane, tell somebody the whole thing. Like, don't... Ugh. We just watched a fucking movie on this. <laughs> you need to explain yourself fully. Where the guy doesn't tell his wife and, like, she leaves him because he just didn't use his words. Yeah, communication is key, Gunther. So don't write down your cryptic Gunther. <laughs> Do better, Gunther. So he goes to this bar, he orders a drink, but before, or, like, he takes a drink or whatever, and then he, like, immediately falls on his face, and he loses consciousness. That happens to the best of us. <laughs> One drink in. But people are, like, he didn't look like he was drunk. Like, everyone was, like, what's going on with that kind of guy? He just handles himself well. <laughs> <laughs> so he then, like, after he regains consciousness, he, like, leaves, and we don't really know where he's at for, like, the next couple of hours, until he turns up to his um, hometown, like, next-door neighbor, like, this childhood old lady. And what? <laughs> like, an old woman he knew as a child? Yeah. In his, like, where he grew up? Yeah, which was, like, 20 minutes from, like, where he lives now, so it's not that far. Okay, this just sounds like a psychotic rig to me. Yeah, well, that's, like, one of the things. I'm okay. getting into it. I'm getting into it. And so, um, he, like, he shows up there, and he's, like, pretty much, like, let me in, and he keeps on saying that there's gonna be a terrible accident, and homegirl's like, it's 1am, like, you need to go home. (laughs) (laughs) This old woman, (laughs) Greta's like, I'm baking cookies, please leave. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm like, good for you, girl, don't let that guy in, he seems like he's losing it. Yeah, definitely. If you're, like, a male... And you're, even in the midst of a psychotic break, if at all possible, go to another male's house, because no single woman is gonna let you in her house, which, props to her, she should not. Especially if she's elderly, I'd be like, uh, I'm sleeping. (laughs) Like, I understand if you're in a psychotic break and you would never hurt somebody, but, I mean, we can't trust you. You show up at (laughs) 1am. No. Go to, actually, you know what, scratch that, just go to a hospital. (laughs) Yes, because in the middle of a psychotic break, you're going to be like, I need help. Okay, <laughs> Check true. Check myself in. True. 
<laughs> so it just, if you can, guide your delusions. Well, that's towards... what I was, okay, I'll get into it later, but, like, the wife to And me. if you're a woman, go to another woman, too, because you don't want to be knocking on some male's house who may let you in for that's bad purposes. That's creepy if he lets you in at 1 a.m. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't, don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> just give up, honestly. Go to your mom. <laughs> Okay, and so then, like, um, after that, like, the next thing we know, we, um, we find him 100 kilometers, or Ooh. if you're American like me and don't understand kilometers, 60 miles from his hometown. That's, like, an hour and a half. Or, like, an hour, if it was, like, on the freeway. I think it was, like, off a freeway exit. Oh, okay. So, like, an hour pretty much from where he lives. Okay, so now here kind of where the theories get into, because this is an unsolved case that's had, like, 1,200 leads but has gone nowhere. Shit. When was this? 1984. Ooh, 80s. Okay, so the weird thing about this is that um, when the police started their investigation, they realized that he was, the injuries, like, that they thought he got from the car accident, he, like, sustained them before he was in the car. So, like, he got hit by another car. Oh, like, he, like, they could tell. Yeah, like, they could tell the injuries was that, like, he got hit by another car. And then also he was in the passenger seat, not the driver's seat. So, like, someone tried to stage it like that. Wait, so he was in his car and got hit by another car, and that's how he Mm -hmm. got injured. Okay. But in the passenger seat. Yes. Okay. So, um, one of the biggest kind of theories is that he got hit in the street by, like, maybe a a drunk driver, you know, who didn't want to go to jail or something, and then, like, puts him in the car and tries to stage that. But then we're like, um, how I mean, did you how know? how drunk could he be if he was, like, thinking that far ahead? No, but, like, the thing is, how could you know that that was his car, like, to put him in the right car? Like, if he's, like, running around naked. Oh, like, he wasn't in his car when he got hit. Do they know if he was in a car or not when he got they hit? They all the things that I looked at were, like, he got hit by a car. Like, he was walking and got hit by a car. Okay. Not that he was already, like, in a car and got hit Yeah, like so that. that doesn't really make sense. Exactly. So we are like, well, how would you know that that's his car? Okay, but I did hear, like, um drunk driving in Europe is way more punishable than it is in the U.S. Like, get caught one time and you're out. Like, you don't get to drive anymore. That makes sense to me because they take drinking... They handle it so much better. Like, the drinking age is lower so kids don't binge drink because that's, like, our big problem here in the U.S. (laughs) (laughs) I take another drink anyway. But I still don't support that theory because, um... Okay, and also... Well, it doesn't make any sense. Also... The two um, truck drivers both claim to have seen, like, an injured man leaving kind of around the area. Okay, why are there one. two truck drivers together? Like, one pulled off and the other stopped to help? I don't... Well, because sometimes truck drivers drive together because uh, if you're, like, a CDL, you can only drive so many hours. Like, you can only log it. So if you have two people, then you don't you have like to stop. Switch off. You can switch. I'd so, be so annoyed if I was a truck driver and they were like, you also have to have a passenger. <laughs> no. Which, I mean, I couldn't find anything about that because I thought that was weird because they also, like, maybe thought that they were, like, suspicious as well, like, calling in and, like, they were the ones who found it or whatever. Yeah. But, like, that didn't go anywhere. Like, there wasn't anything on it. Okay, and then the other thing that doesn't make sense with the drunk driver theory, I mean, I guess he could have been wandering around outside naked. Yeah, I mean, like, especially like, if everyone thinks that he was having, like, some type of mental break okay like it's a it's a um i guess it's something that happens like they take off their clothes like when you're in a state of paranoia that is like i would be adding layers if i was paranoid (laughs) if you like lock and key nobody's gonna look at me (laughs) but i just seems to me like 
I guess it could happen. Was this on a weekday or? I'm not sure. Actually, well, I mean, I could look back to 1984 and see when it was. Wait, okay, when was it? It was October 26, 1984. So you have fun with that. Okay, I'll do that. (laughs) Another one was that he maybe got into a fight with some people and, like, they knew him. Like, he was at a bar or something and then, like, just tried to stage it. Okay, so it's a Friday at 1 a.m., right? So people are out. But that's the thing. There's no witness recounts of anyone seeing him anywhere. Okay, so, so like, that to me means he wasn't naked when he was wandering around. But who would undress him? I don't know. Like, was he raped? Did no, they there even was check? No, I, I don't know if they checked, but they didn't say that there was any signs of that. I feel like, I don't know. Okay, and so uh, another theory is, like, he could have crashed his car and then, like, kind of roamed around and someone else, like, hit him and they, they saw that his car was already crashed so they tried to stage it somewhere else. That one float your boat? No, because I don't know. It just seems like a lot of effort to cover up something that really doesn't need to be covered up. Like you I have, mean, but a, like you also you said like if it's more strict, like in European countries, like if someone who got caught for that, like that could be manslaughter. Yeah, same. But okay, you're in the middle of nowhere. I'm assuming off of this highway, and there's a hit and run, and nobody's around to see you. It seems like poor logic to then hang around the scene of the crime. For what would have been a long amount of time to move this large man, undress him if he wasn't already naked. I think he undressed himself because I do think there was some paranoia going on. Did they find his clothes? No. Hmm. <laughs> no. Okay, so other theories um, say that he was maybe a psychic and that the numbers that he wrote down were a license plate. Those were those are letters. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say they could be numbers as well. What? Well, they don't know about the, like, G. There's, like, speculation if it could have been, like, an, a, a six. six. And then, like, people also, like, put that into numbers, like, the Okay, letters. well, did anybody run the plate? I mean, it didn't lead anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't support it. Okay, but. and then this theory, which I thought was the most interesting of theory, was called the zygote theory. So because he was, like, a food um, engineer of some sort, they, they say that, like, his company was maybe, like, before he was let go... Working on, like... He got fired? Well, he was unemployed. I don't know if he got oh, fired, yeah, okay. but he was unemployed. Working on some type of, like, food process, like, that wasn't legal, that they could have told, like, he could have told on them or whatever, that that's why he got let go. And so, like, they say that he was at the bar, and that he maybe saw someone, and he realized he was drugged, and that's why he fell unconscious and, like, was kind of all loopy and doing all these weird things. And that they're the ones who, like killed him and try to make it look like an accident it doesn't look like an accident like i don't like any of these staged things like i don't know but i mean just because someone is acting paranoid doesn't mean that they're like that someone's not after them that's true but i mean especially if you're going down the road of like big big food engineering came after him (laughs) like why would his hired hitmen or whatever be so bad at their jobs and I feel like that happens all the time. Like, things go wrong, or, like, you can't always, like, know, like, how someone's going to react or, like, what you're going to do exactly. I mean, he ended up nude in a car, you know? Like, at least <laughs> that's the thing that gets me. <laughs> it's just one of those weird details that you can't get past. Oh, you know what? Maybe they drugged him with, like, a hallucinogen. That would make more sense. 
Well, I mean, like, that caused the break. Is oh, that. but, okay, so, like, uh, let me give you some more, like, his wife said, that, like, he had been kind of paranoid for a while, that like, he kept on talking about, like, them, and, like, that they were after him, but the thing, I couldn't find anything about the wife, like, I couldn't find, like, what her okay, name was, if you or, were like, ever afraid if of he the... had kids, or, like, <laughs> how, like, she just, like, was, like, okay, bye, like, let him go to, like, this bar, yes. like, wasn't more concerned, so I wanted to know more about the wife, and then the also big thing here is, like, if someone else was in his car, because, I mean, obviously he was in the passenger seat, you know, yeah. Like, DNA. Like, were they not able to, like, collect anything and just hold on to that? Well, it was the 80s, so... Yeah, but I mean, like, they kind of already kind of, like, started, like, this could be useful later. Or, like, what did they do with his car? Yeah, but I feel like they mostly did that in cases where his loved ones would have had to have really been on the police to do that. And see, I couldn't also find what they did with his car. Like, if they kept it, like, impounded it or whatever... And it's, like, to, like, further use later. Like, it's just, like, the same stories over and over when I try to do more digging. But there is, like, a kind of an unsolved mysteries, but I think, like, in Germany on it. Because it's one of the most popular cases over there. Like, they bring it out every year to, like, relook over, like, evidence and, like, the details of it to try and solve it. Gunther Stahls. Yeah. And so that was the case of Gunther Stahl. Dang. Ah. <laughs> those are the ones that get me. I the know ones they with do. All those theories, I love them. I'm like, what happened? mysteries, man. Okay. You know I don't like those. They frustrate <laughs> me to no end because it's just so... It really seems like there's something that could be done to figure out what is going on that's not being done. I know. And I have no power over it I'm and like, I just get mad. where's the wife? Yeah, seriously. That's my big question. Where's the DNA? Where's his whole life story? I need to know it now. <laughs> his Wikipedia page was very small. Oh, no. Okay. Well, even though they drive me absolutely bananas, I have a case that is very similar. <laughs> oh, my God. I couldn't not do this case after I heard about it. Okay. So, this is the story of Charles C. Morgan, who goes mm-hmm. by Chuck. Ah, I'm talking for Charlie. <laughs> um, he lived in Tucson, Arizona with his wife and his two daughters. Although I did see one website where they claimed that he had four daughters, but that was kind of a one-off. So I don't think... Um, that's the worst. Yeah, I think it was two. I saw two pretty much everywhere else. Um, okay, so he's 39 and he owns an escrow business. Ooh, which, fancy. If you're like me and you were like, oh, money, but I have no idea what... An escrow business <laughs> is when you are, like, a neutral account holder between two parties. So it would be, like, um, like when you're buying a house. I don't know if this is exactly how it works, but um, you have money in an account that you're going to transfer to the person you're buying the house from once a condition is met. So it's, like, when your house is an escrow, when they say. Yeah, so once you clear their background check or once you, whatever, meet all the conditions, okay. then your money that is being held in an escrow account will be transferred to the person the money so is like meant to go to. it's, like, that waiting period that's, like, holding their money. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay, so on Tuesday, March 22nd in 1977, Charles was acting totally normal. Nothing seemed off to his family or his children. He dropped his daughters off at school, and then he just didn't come home. He totally disappeared. Nobody heard from him. Nobody knew where he was until three days later. Three days? 
at two in the morning, Charles returns. Oh. Yeah. I thought he was going to be dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I couldn't find anywhere if his wife had filed a missing persons report. I mean, if he time. seemed like a normal guy, I feel like in a normal relationship, she would have filed something. I also feel like in a normal relationship, she would have filed something. But based on what happens, I don't think that she actually did. Okay. okay. Because, okay. So his wife on... Three days later, two in the morning, his wife wakes up to the dog barking and she hears a thump at the back door. Mm-mm. Yeah. Let's <laughs> tell you right now I'm not opening that door or getting out of bed. Covers over my head. Calling the cops. Hope my daughters are all right. My door's locked, though. <laughs> um, so, but Ruth is a badass. She gets up and answers the door. Baby Ruth? Yeah, baby Ruth has got it going on. Um, Okay, and this is a quote from Ruth after the fact about what she found that night. I was in bed and the dog started barking. I got up, went to the door, and opened it, and there was Chuck. He was missing a shoe and had one plastic handcuff around one ankle and a set around his hands. When he motioned to his throat and didn't say a word, I asked him, Can you talk? Can you write? He shook his head, Yes, so I went and got a tablet and a pen. He wrote that his throat had been painted with a hallucinogenic drug and that the drug could drive him irrevocably insane or destroy his nervous system and kill him. I wanted to call a doctor and the police, but he was adamant that there would be that, that would be signing a death warrant for the entire family. What? Yes. <laughs> what? Okay, so I found... I was confused about the term plastic handcuffs, and it seems like it was zip ties. Oh. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, like zip ties what? he put on himself? Or, like... I don't know. He's claiming that he was kidnapped and tortured for three days. The thing that stood out to me, and I found this everywhere that I read about this case, is that he, um, his throat was painted with a hallucinogenic drug. Like, what does that mean? So, like, should she see the paint, or was like a clear? I'm coat, assuming like, it over? was painted inside of his throat. Because I don't. Oh, yeah. I was picturing like the outside, like it was like soaked in, like after they put the paint on. Yeah, and then I don't know any kind of hallucinogenic drug that would cause you to go insane if you spoke. Like, I think... I what, mean, you just kind of get in your head, I feel like, when you take hallucinogenic drugs. Yeah, that's what I think, too. So like, like, it wasn't just... The only th- other thing I can think of is, like, when you speak, your throat rubs together, and that could have caused it to... Speaking of my parents. So, Ruth doesn't call the police. Okay. Doesn't take him to a hospital, because Charles is like, no, no, I'm not going. Like... Well, that's a tough call. I feel, but I feel like I would probably call the cops and be like, um, you're acting real strange. I would definitely think that he was crazy. Okay, so Ruth just nurses him back to health on her own. (laughs) Nurses him back to health? Yeah, that's what I found. And then I also saw somebody had said that uh, she fed him with an eyedropper. So, like, (laughs) he was, like, badly beaten. Like, you could see it. I couldn't find. There's no catalog of his injuries. I can't find any quote. From I mean, Ruth I guess that would be about how badly he was injured. If like they didn't do a yeah. police report and they like, didn't no take him to a hospital, taken, so no. how bad was he? I guess. Yeah. So the whole like feeding him with an eyedropper thing, like that makes me think there was something with his throat, or I don't know. I wonder like, if he requested that. He was like, "Wait, <laughs> get the eyedropper. <laughs> Wait, Ruth, <laughs> fetch me the dropper." <laughs> So, a week later, he starts talking again. But um, when he could only write, he was saying things like, um, they took my treasury identification, is something that he said. 
and he was insinuating that he was working with the FBI. What did he actually do? He's an escrow. He owns oh, yes. escrow business. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. Well, I've already forgotten. <laughs> okay. Um, so he's saying that he is working with the FBI to help take down organized crime in Arizona. Because there was a lot of organized crime in Arizona. Oh, I was about to make fun of that. I'm like, yeah, Arizona. <laughs> no, yeah, there was. Because um, something in their state laws made it easier to launder money somehow. Oh. Yeah, I didn't I always, super I always, look like, into that. I always, first think, like, drugs is what oh. my mind goes straight to. Like, nothing, like, actual, like, that takes a little bit more effort. Not, I don't know effort, but, you know. Like a white-collar <laughs> crime? Yeah, that's the word. I'm like, classy <laughs> crimes. <laughs> You know, that classy shit. <laughs> um, and it is also known that Charles did real estate escrow work for at least one mafia family, and it was also found that he had a lot of dealings in gold and platinum, mm. which are more, um, I don't want to say under the table. They're easier to <laughs> launder. With the mafia, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just easier to get away with organized crime activities using gold and platinum. Apparently. It's harder to track. Yeah. Because it's not cash, so you can't, like, really digitize it or, like, put, like, if this is in use, like, we'll know. Like, it's... Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, after Charles is nursed back to health, he resumes his regular activities. He goes... Goes back to work? From what I can tell, I mean, he owns his own business, so that would make it easier, but I yeah. don't know how big the business was, like, how many people he had working for him and yeah. all of that stuff. Um, but he did act very paranoid after this. He wore a bulletproof vest everywhere he went. Oh, man. Yeah, and... Sweaty. (laughs) You're in Arizona. Hot. (laughs) (laughs) And he insisted that he was the only one who could drop off and pick up his daughters from school. Like, he made a point to talk to the school, and he was like, if they ever get sick or an emergency happens, don't let them leave with anybody but me. Oh. Yeah, he like was scared. Yeah, he thought that like they were going to come after his family. Um that's true. well there are lots of cases like where kids like get picked up by other people cuz like it was so easy like back Yeah, then. like early 80s. Like I'm a friend of the family. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Do you want some extra kids? <laughs> okay. But all of his uh precautions amount to naught because he is taken Again, two months after his first disappearance, he disappears again. See, okay, he was not shot the first time, so I don't know why he was wearing a bulletproof vest. Like, if he was abducted, I would be taking precautions of, like, how to not get abducted. I feel like that's what he was doing. Like, he also had a gun with him. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I don't know if he was taking his gun with him everywhere or what the deal was. Um... You have a permit for that? <laughs> Concealed weapon permit. Um, okay, and then again, I could not find if Ruth filed a missing persons report. I did, like... I mean, I feel like it probably would have been on there if she had. I think so, too. But, I mean, I don't understand why she wouldn't at that point. We'll see, because now I'm thinking back to my case. <laughs> Where I'm like, she didn't file anything or was like, my husband hasn't come home and it's like 3 a.m. Like, she wasn't concerned. But I, something about the wife in that case to me, I'm like, I don't like. Yeah, see case. Um, okay, but Charles was gone for a long-ass time because nine days after he disappears, Ruth gets a call 
in the middle of the night from a, from a random woman who identifies herself as Green Eyes. Oh. What? I looked into this case a little. You did? Yeah. That's why I was like, I remember Green Eyes. Which I was so annoyed at. Like, who identifies themselves as Green Eyes? A narcissistic fucker. Yeah. Like, my eyes are green. <laughs> If you see me at 5 p.m. on a Saturday in the perfect lighting and I'm wearing my favorite green sweater, my eyes are, like, so green. <laughs> Your eyes are brown. <laughs> brown eyes forever. <laughs> uh, here's a quote from Ruth about what happened over that phone call. Okay. Okay, so she says, This woman said, Ruthie? I said, yes. She said, Chuck is all right. Ecclesiastics 12, 1 through 8. And then she hung up. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So she, Ecclesiastics 12, 1 through 8 is obviously a Bible reference. <laughs> Please explain to me. <laughs> explain <laughs> to my heathen friend. <laughs> I do not understand. <laughs> okay, so this is actually kind of a long section of the Bible and the oh, different... Oh my god. <laughs> and the different um, articles that I read all quoted different parts of it. So I just copied the whole thing and I'm going to read it because I think the whole thing is really creepy. <laughs> Okay. As is all the Bible. (laughs) Okay. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease before they are few, and those looking through the windows grow dim. When the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades. When people rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint. When people are afraid of heights and of dangers in the street. When the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along and desire no longer is stirred. Then people go to their eternal home and mourners go about the streets. Remember him before the the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken. Before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. Ah. <laughs> so another uplifting passage from the Bible. <laughs> I feel renewed. <laughs> so that's all that Green Eyes has to say to Ruth. Um, and then two so, days... Like, was it supposed to be a clue, like, of how to find it? That's or? what it seems like, but I don't know. I can't decipher that. I don't... <laughs> Are there any Bible scholars in the house? Because <laughs> it just seems really like, um, all hope is lost is basically what yeah. it's saying. <laughs> Go to where all hope is lost. I mean, that was the New International Version translation of the Bible, so I'm not sure. Like, that's the most commonly used version today, in my experience. (laughs) Hashtag lost in translation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm not sure if there um, is another translation that would make anything more clear about it. Yeah. But it's so impossible to say. And then, like, even if that was a clue, it can be interpreted so many different ways, as the Bible is. (laughs) So what it's saying is homosexuality is a sin. <laughs> so what I got from that was burn. <laughs> okay, so two days after Ruthie gets this call, Charles is found dead in the desert, sitting inside his car. He was shot mm. once in the back of the head with his own gun, a no. three fifty seven Magnum. Mm-hmm. Well, if it wasn't him then. 
You can't shoot yourself in the back of the head. Okay, and this is the creepiest part to me. Inside the car, a piece of paper was found with directions to the crime scene, which were written in his own handwriting. So he wrote himself directions to get there. What? Yeah. Like um, he was going to meet someone and they killed him? Somebody gave him over the phone, or I, maybe in person, but I would think over the phone, directions that he wrote down. And then went out there to meet somebody. So, but he was found nine days later than after he went missing this time? He was found 11 days later. 11 days. So was yeah. he sitting in the car for all those, like, 11 days? Like, he died the day, like, he went missing again? I don't think so. I think that when they found him, it was very close to when he had died. Oh, so he was alive for those 11 days. Yeah, there's some theories about that. I'll get to it. Okay. Um, okay, and then also found in the car were a pair of sunglasses that definitely did not belong to him. And there was a $2 bill clipped inside of his underwear. And on the bill were seven Spanish names, beginning with the letters A through G. And then he had ranked the um, signers of the Declaration of Independence, one through seven. <laughs> on a who's cute, who's not. <laughs> who's the most fuckable signer? <laughs> That's the question on everybody's mind. <laughs> and George Washington's plenty. <laughs> And written on the bill was Ecclesiastics, and then one... <laughs> one through twelve? One through eight. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on. And then the numbers one through eight were marked on the serial bill. <laughs> I know what you meant, though. <laughs> Whoops, I'm drunk. <laughs> so, obviously, that's the same uh, reference that Green Eyes had told Ruth about. Yeah. And then, additionally, which... There was a, must have been a lot of writing room on this bill. <laughs> there was a crude map that marked two towns. Uh, there was a map on a bill? Yeah. He, I don't know. I couldn't find if the writing on the bill was his handwriting. Um, it seemed conclusive. But this was, the, like, back in the 70s? Uh, yeah. So, like, handwriting analysis was not also up to par, so that would have been hard to I tell. I still don't even know if I believe in handwriting analysis. I can't even tell if I wrote something half the time. <sighs> it's, well, I mean... I can recognize your handwriting. It just depends how many personalities you have. <laughs> okay, so there's two towns marked on this map. Robles Junction and Sasabe. Sasabe. And I know that these are, um, I mean, I didn't look it up, but it's <laughs> between the Mexican. But I know. <laughs> it's between the Mexican border to Tucson, and I'm not sure if one of those towns is on the Mexico side or not. But they are both known for smuggling. And I couldn't find if they were known for drug smuggling, people smuggling, like, what the deal was. <laughs> smuggling candy. And candies you just can't get here. <laughs> um, but two days after Charles's body is found, and obviously police are involved for sure at this point. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> you say that, but I was still unsure. Yeah, I don't know who found the body, but... I guess that would make sense whoever found the body. Probably yeah. called the cops. But the police are involved now. <laughs> Call the cops when you find a body. Okay, so Green Eyes calls the police anonymously as Green Eyes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, so she says that Charles, before his death, had been hopping motels to avoid somebody who was after him. And she had met him... Right before he died, with a briefcase full of cash, which he intended to use to pay off either a gang hit or a hitman from the mafia or something mm. like that. See, now I'm thinking about it. Like, if he was, like, hotel hopping and, like, didn't go to the police, I wonder if, like, 
there was, like, some type of dirty cop on the police force, like, he didn't trust. Because okay. I would rather be in, like, protective cop custody than be hopping hotels. Okay, listen to this. This is what, this supports your theory. The police ruled his death as a suicide. You can't shoot yourself in the back of the head. I mean, you can, but... but you would be able to tell if it was you or not. Okay, I just... Just at think... the angle of it, you would know the trajectory. <laughs> I don't know how um, consistent all of that stuff is, but... But it, like, blood splatter, like, that's that's an actual thing. Like, you would know. Okay, I found one other source that said that he was shot outside of the car while kneeling. Um... Which, I don't know. I only saw that somewhere. I'm supporting this dirty cop theory. And I also um, saw that there was... One of his teeth was wrapped in a Kleenex in the car. That's just, like, a weird little tidbit. (laughs) Yeah, and then I saw somebody else um, on a different website saying that it was somebody else's tooth. I wonder if they even, like, tested that. That, like, I couldn't find any... Because that should be, like, a definitive thing. Like, was that or was that not your tooth? I couldn't find any police information on this case. Oh, that drives me insane. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, okay. Another weird little tidbit. So, three weeks after his death, two men show up at Ruth's house. So, Charles's old home before he passed. Um, and they claim to be FBI agents. Flash their identification really fast. Uh-uh. Always ask to see it again. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need to look at that. I'm going to need to touch verified. that, bite that, see if it's actually... <laughs> Give a sniff, do a line of coke with it, just to make sure. Okay, so Ruth lets him in the house. Why? <laughs> because they say they need to look for something. They tear through the whole house. Art, no. Yeah. She doesn't know what they're looking for, oh and gosh. she doesn't know if they find it. They leave, and nobody knows who they were, or what that was. That's crazy, because, like, this case could sound like paranoia to you, like, so, like, he Mm -hmm. had, like, a break, but, like, there's no way he just had a break, like, something was happening. Yeah. Um, And if only he talked to Ruth. (laughs) If only he had confided in Ruthie. (laughs) Use your words. (laughs) Please communicate if you believe you are going to die. Um, another little tidbit that I thought maybe could have been what they were looking for, but I don't know how these men would have known, um, is that Charles had told his father shortly before he died that he had a letter written, and if he died or something happened to him, the letter would explain what had happened and why. (laughs) Or he could have just told people what was happening. Okay, I think I know why he didn't, but... Um, Would it, like, have endangered them? The letter was never found, obviously. Obviously. We don't know what's happening. So, wait, why wasn't the letter found? Do you think that's what they took? I think it could be what they took. But, but how would they even know about the letter? That's, yeah, that's why I don't know. That, unless he was like, even but if it you kill been, me, like, the letter will tell all. They could have just been doing a general sweep to be like, is there anything that could um, lead back like, to incriminate us? us? Yeah. I feel like that's super incriminating, though. Like, I mean, she must have done, like, sketches of them. Not that I could find. I Because that's what would make most sense to me. Like, this is... But I guess if the police ruled it, ruled it as a suicide, no one was looking into anything. 
Okay, yeah, so I, that's what I think. Like, they were like, open and shut case, goodbye. We don't want to hear about this anymore. Which means they probably destroyed all types of evidence, anything that could have been found in I the car. I don't know if they destroy evidence. Well, not, like, destroyed, but, like, they didn't look into. Yeah, which you might as well, because you can't get that back out of police custody. As far as I know. <laughs> but it's <laughs> just say You would have had the, should, they would have given her back the car if it was just a suicide. Yeah, but. I mean, she could have chose, like, not to have it. I mean, back to her. Who but. knows what was going through Ruth's mind? She had two daughters. Well, she sounds like she didn't really care about her husband. I mean, I don't want to assume that, but if I'm, I'm gonna assume that if you don't file a missing persons report, that you do not care I'm about thinking, your partner. Like, depending on what he said, like it's weird she didn't file it the first time, but he could have convinced her not to involve the police the second time. Yeah, that makes. I mean, like something she that been, she like, he wouldn't went say before. to reporters. Yeah. Like, he but I mean, the first time that's three days and you didn't go report that. That to me seems suspicious. That's true. I mean, I couldn't find the circumstances of that day either. Like, what had been happening? Like, had he planned to go out of town? Like, there are other, there are things that could have made her not. I but I don't guess. Know. But like, I'm not convinced. <laughs> Ruth, write a book. <laughs> I wonder how the kids took it, or if they like noticed anything. I think they noticed after their father died. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, if he was acting weird or if he, like, ever told him something and, like, they just, like, kept quiet. I don't know. Because, like, when it's ruled a suicide, they're just like, my dad was crazy. I, you don't have to be crazy to commit suicide. Okay, but the things leading up to it. Oh, like, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I have no idea. I don't even know how old the daughters were. Young enough that he was, yeah, young enough that he was driving them to school still, but I don't know. So at least a minimum of five. Yeah. They were, like, between five and 15, probably. Okay. Um, okay. So there's one reporter whose name is Don Devereaux, and he took a special... Don (laughs) Devereaux. Don Devereaux. Uh, (laughs) he took a special interest in the case, and, uh... He was able to find some evidence that Charles had actually been involved in money laundering, like, more than just being on the fringes of it. Um, And he had kept records of it, like, duplicate records. Um, The mafia killed him. Yeah. Like, for sure. (laughs) So, Devereaux thinks that this is what got Charles killed, because he was keeping records and not destroying them, like... Probably so, like, was requested was of him. Probably like I'm going to cover my own ass. Yeah, and like keep these just in case I anything mean, south happens. Of course, south. there's like there's going deeper into the theory that he could have been working with the FBI, and that's why he was keeping those records. That's not. I mean, I could see that nothing is ever going to come of this. Like they may know. Yeah, and they're just not going to tell us. Like I don't know. I mean, I guess if they had drug Charles the first time with the hallucinogenic drug, I could see his mind creating, like, the fantasy that he was a secret agent rather than admitting that he had got his family into this mess of being involved in money laundering. I don't see that as much. Okay, then I don't know why he would claim to be a secret agent unless he actually was. I think he was just really desperate. Like, he was like, I don't know what to do. Because, I mean, like... You can watch movies, all these, like, things, but it's, like, if you're in a situation like that, like, you know, like, if it was the mafia, you, like, you know, like, the cops are not gonna help you. Like, you know, but, like, the thing I think that strikes me most about this case is Green Eyes. 
Yeah. Like, who the fuck was she? I that's why I mean it doesn't make any sense if she was um like is she part of the mafia like did she I don't like think she's part of the mafia have it out for him but like, if she was connected to the FBI or the federal government in any way why would she then have to call the cops to leave a tip that's I'm saying it doesn't make sense like she is like something I can't like explain unless he was having an affair on top of it all <laughs> that's why Ruth didn't report him missing <laughs> men are trash. <laughs> Okay, so while Devereaux was investigating this money laundering um, and trying to figure out how deep Charles' involvement went and all of that, um, a man who worked in the office building across from Devereaux was found shot in his car. And this man was the same age as Devereaux and drived a similar car. Like a wrong, hit gone wrong? Yeah, so Devereaux thinks that... He was meant to be killed that day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, and then, last little thing. <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. So, in the course of this investigation, Devereaux was contacted by a name, by a man named Danny Casalaro, who had information about Charles's dealings in gold, like illegal uh-huh. gold something. I don't understand how anything financial works. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have three gold bars right now. <laughs> you know me and my gold trade. Um, but this guy died under suspicious circumstances before he could give the information. I wonder what that was because, like, they were so quick to rule him a suicide, but, like, the other deaths, you know, like, they're like, this was obviously murdered. No, but they... But it's all tied together. They say that Danny Casalaro was a suicide also. He was found dead in his hotel room, Did which you is... think he was a suicide, too? Yeah, okay, so he's dead in his hotel room in a bathtub with his wrist slashed. But the cuts were deep enough that a tendon was cut on one arm. No, you don't slash it that much. Yeah, and also his family said he was terrified of blood and needles. So, to me, that means you would not kill yourself that way. No, like, you would take some pills. Yeah, and, um... No, he was obviously murdered. I mean, the police rule it a suicide because there's no sign of forced entry or anything in the hotel room. I mean, he could have known who was coming to see him, or he could have just been getting, like, room service, and it was, like... Yeah. So, this is, But that is strange that there was no, like, signs, like, he... I wonder if there was, like, toxins in his system because, like, to get him into a bathtub and, like, to... I mean, it depends how many men were there. Because, if, like, there would have been evidence of bleeding. What do you mean? Like... It was bleeding. No, I'm no, that's what I'm saying. So, like, he was alive, like, when they put him in there and all those things. Like, that's kind of hard to, like, force someone into there, like, without it looking, like... Oh, I feel like fought. it's not that hard. Especially, I mean, I don't know. It seems to me like the police are trying to really close up these cases and yeah. cinch them up. Which is, like, that must mean there's, like, multiple dirty cops on that force. I mean, I don't want to assume that, but that's kind of the vibe. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm for sure thinking that. (laughs) I, yeah, I just had to do that case because it's one of the few where it's, like, was it a psychotic break or did something crazy happen? Where I'm, like, something crazy happened. Those make me also so sad. Like, I love them, too, because, like, you just don't know. But it's, like, people are struggling out there, like, with mental health things, and you're, like... And then these things happen, and you just don't know. And, like, you want to know so, like, you could further help. Yeah, I mean, psychotic breaks are insane. 
we should do like an episode about that. But yeah, it's just one of those things where it's an adult who should be making rational choices and has been up until that point. <laughs> who should be communicating, <laughs> should be explaining things. And like, this makes me think of like two year olds, like when they scream out with frustration because yeah. they can't like say what they want. As to where, like, full-grown adults could use their words to explain situations that are going on. I mean, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, if you're ever afraid of a they or a them and you cannot tell people who the they or them is, you need to maybe get some help. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) Unless you DJ call it, you don't. (laughs) There is no they or them. (laughs) So, basically, uh, moral of this episode on accident is uh, get help. Communication is key. (laughs) Don't be afraid to, uh, you know, call the FBI if you can't talk to your local police. (laughs) You can contact them at... (laughs) I don't know, Google it, but it seems like something you should do. But also know if you're Googling it, they're watching. Stop it! (laughs) Don't say that! Hey guys, if you enjoyed listening to our podcast and you want to support us, you can do that by um, rating us on iTunes and subscribing to us over there. Uh, It really helps us get noticed by other listeners who might enjoy us. And you can also follow our social media. We have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Wait What Podcast Official. And if you want to help us have better sound quality and better everything, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon. And if you don't know what Patreon is, you should stop living under a rock. Bye!